If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. For as little as $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Loud Pipes after show, The Downshift, as well as other content and sneak peeks available only to our supporters. Loudpipes.net slash donate. It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from R-Dub Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Loud Pipes, episode 78. For this episode, we have an interesting conversation, more of a casual conversation, if you will, talking with someone who rides vintage bikes exclusively, and we'll get into the bikes themselves and a little bit about the riding lifestyle as a whole. So as you know, I do not do this by myself, nor do I think can I do this by myself. So Mr. Hogan, how are you, buddy? What's happening, family? How are you doing this evening? Hanging in there. I've got a cold beer ready, so... And it's a good one. So you guys get to your business so I can get to mine. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. How's my buddy John doing out to the north? I'm, I'm doing well. It's a little windy up here, but, you know, it's all good. All right. All right. All right. So who wants to go first as far as what they're drinking? Well, well since I'm the lonely <laughs> one, I usually go last and I always take the wussy drinks. All right. So what wussy drink are you drinking tonight? So, so I have a strong bow. Another one. Hard apple cider, but this one's the honey one. Hard apple cider. Apple cider honey. and honey? Wait, what? Yep. A live reveal. And the sip. John takes a sip. He goes in. It's interesting. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad, he says. So, 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 <laughs> Rico, what do you got? Well, since I'm sitting here with my guest tonight, and we're sharing a bottle of red wine. We're drinking a Vena Maipo, I think is how you say it. Maipo, Maipo yeah. And it's from Chile. It's a 19 or 2015. And it's just fine. It's just fine. You got to help Rico through that. He's not much of a wine drinker. Yeah. Well, it's 12.5%. So I'll be ahead of you pretty soon. Just barely. Think, just barely. Hold on your horses. Well, I have, as you know, a passion for IPA and pale ales in general. So Mm -hmm. a pale ale would be sort of your session beer, if you will. The IPA would turn it on properly if you really want that hop flavor. But if you really want to get your hoppy on, you go Imperial IPA. Oh. So this is Noda Brewing's Imperial IPA called Hopcakes. And cakes because you can see pancakes and maple syrup on the can. It has some Vermont maple syrup. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be running around the rooms pretty soon. And 10.2%. What? In the can. In the can. Hallelujah. Look at you. Enjoy. All right. Cheers. How was that? Wow. Look at that face. (laughs) Look at that face. (laughs) There's a good wow or you know. Let me let me just tell you, I don't need two of these. I can tell you that right now. (laughs) Awesome. So, since you're sharing a bottle, Mister Hogan, 
Why don't you introduce our special guest for this evening, and we'll get on with the good conversation. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm sitting here with the wife of a good friend. I'm only sitting here because she has a lot more stories to tell. <laughs> and she, she she was awesome. I was sitting, we were having dinner at their place the other night, and I was just like, oh my gosh, she's telling the best stories ever. And Wyman, uh, her husband, is trying to uh, shush her up for some of the stories, but uh, she was going <laughs> on and on. And I was like, oh, I got to have her on the show. It's like, save it, save it, save it. Yeah, we, we tossed up a coin and uh, she won. So she's she's on the show first. Wyman's going to join us later in another episode and get more down to the nitty gritty as far as tech talk. So in this episode with uh, Diva is her name, by the way. So introduce yourself, Diva. Hi, everybody. This is um, my name is Diva and I'm here talking with everybody tonight. Now, Rico, you have to give just a piece of the backstory on Wyman and what he does, because I don't know if we've talked about this on the show. Uh, we have not. No, we have not. Well, Wyman does Indian restorations. Not only Indian, but Harley. Vintage. Restoration. Vintage. Exactly. Very restoration. Vintage. So very. I mean, really. Really. <laughs> like real, like real antiques. <laughs> like right. Like like the stuff we saw in Barber type of thing. Oh. You know, so he's Yeah, exactly. So he he is someone that we will definitely have to have on the show, which we will, but we, we want to definitely ride up to Canada. That's where he's at mm. to see some of these bikes that he has on show display. Now, which part do we have to go only in August or can we go like in May? I don't know. Dave, what, what do you think? <laughs> oh. oh, any part it's from <laughs> to October is beautiful. Okay. No, I mean, which part of Canada? Sorry. Ontario. Ontario. Okay. That's not Southern bad. Ontario, just West of Toronto. Uh, beautiful farm, beautiful bikes beautiful riding, lots of wide open spaces. I mean, we don't have big sky country, you know, like United States, you know, out West, but still nice. It's beautiful. Really good riding, good roads. And um, there's a lot happening up there with that. Cool. Cool. So let me plug Wyman's website right quick. So you, you can find him, find his stuff at www.indianrestorations.com. All right, so enough about Wyman. Let's talk about Deve tonight, because she is awesome, if you can't tell already. So, Deve, tell us what type of bike do you have? I ride um, two bikes. I ride a 1939 Flathead Harley, 80 cubic inch motors, so I do keep up with the boys, but I bounce around a bit. I learned early on not to chew gum. That (laughs) was a fact uh, when you're riding a bike with no suspension. So that's... That's what that's all about when you get into vintage. There is no suspension. And um, and then recently, about uh, five years ago, I started riding a 1980 Sturgis Harley. Nice. And there was 1,400 of those made. And that one's uh, got a little bit more speed and it's got suspension. And I just felt I just needed something a little bit more substantial to do more of the long distance riding. Right. And keep up with everybody. And imagine. keep up with the boys because <laughs> there's still a lot of custom bikes out there. And um, they both do do well, but um, I just needed a bit more of a bike. So I love them both. They're just, it's it's an interesting way to go. I started on a Yamaha, um, a 550 a Yamaha Virago. And then uh, when I met Wyman, we picked up, uh, we picked up the flathead. Uh, we picked it up at a show, and the reason the vintage was important, but the real reason was it had the lowest center of gravity 
I'm barely five foot four. And the only thing that was low enough for me was a flathead Harley with no suspension. And so he, of course, came out of the beer garden and caught me sitting on it (laughs) and said, well, that's your bike. We've been dating for six months. And he said, that's your bike. And so I asked the guy, what's the bike's name? And he said, Beatrice. Her name is still Beatrice. Mm -hmm. And um, Wyman took it from a 45 cubic inch motor to 80. So I had the electric start because I really wasn't about to be kicking it every time I needed to go somewhere. (laughs) I was going to ask about that. I I have done it. And uh, to many a, a chuckle of the boys in the back, you know, as I go slamming up and slamming down on my Kickstarter. And it does work on both bikes. I have kicked both bikes several times. Very nice. And uh, we put the 80-inch motor in it uh, so I would have the electric start. That was the modification. I've been riding it ever since. Cool. So the flathead, I mean, how does that run? I mean, uh, highway speed, you get along just fine with that? It does a perfect 65-70. Uh, but, it, you know, by 70, it, it starts to bounce. <laughs> You don't have that front end weight of the new bikes. Right. So they're really, even with an 80 cubic inch motor, it's not meant to go so fast. So, I mean, a perfect 55 would be just very comfortable, 55, 60. Um, as you can see, uh, um, there's a picture. It's I keep um, a smaller front wheel. And at a high speed, it can send you into a bit of a wobble. Okay. The interesting thing is it doesn't have the weight, which is what makes it so perfect for a small rider. Right. Everybody thought, oh, it's just such a cool bike. It's such a nice bike. But the reality was it was the perfect bike for a really small person, predominantly a woman. You know, at that point, I was, what, 120 pounds, five foot three. And it was the weight. Uh, most of the bikes, all the other bikes that I practice riding on, it, they've, they've got the, front, the heavy front ends. And the weight distribution is too heavy, whereas here the weight's all directly in the motor under you. So it keeps a perfect center of gravity. Uh, a lot of people say Sportsters are the perfect bike for women, and I have to disagree. I yeah. find it's a really, really difficult center of gravity that propels you forward. Yep. They can and, be tall. Uh, I think and it's dangerous. And they can be tall. Yep. Exactly. And, um, and that's how I got into Vintage. It was, Wyman was doing vintage, but it was kind of neat how I flicked into it. <laughs> cool. So it's a great ride. It just, she putters along and boom, boom, boom. And Two Harleys. That's all I'm saying, Rico. Yeah. <laughs> all yours. Yeah. <laughs> well, you notice he didn't get over 85 miles an hour. Ah, no need. <laughs> I mean, when you look, when it looks that good, mm, no need. That is a nice looking piece. So, Dave, what modification did you do to this bike? I see there's bags, there's a nice springer front end, there's tassels, there's a luggage rack, there's some fins on it. Oh, the fins are so cute. <laughs> the luggage rack. Every girl needs a luggage rack. Um, Don't forget the, the luggage rack. I mean, my first trip on this bike was from Toronto to New Orleans and back. And as I was telling Rico the other night, I cried all the way there and back. Mm. Torrential rainstorms massive bridges, massive um, trucks. And it was my first long ride. Uh, the good news is I can pretty well ride circles around anything and anyone. You know, that's funny because Rich does the same thing. 
<laughs> I whine and complain a little bit. <laughs> but Rich, don't you notice you just have to keep following who's ever in front of you. That's Needless right. to say, I don't think I spoke to my husband for the entire week. <laughs> it was such a difficult ride. And I was following him. The problem is Rico's riding a Winnebago on wheels, so <laughs> he, he never thinks about stopping. <laughs> right. Yeah, not cool. Have you shown off cool. your bike, Rico? I have. I saw the picture. It was pretty. Did you call it a Winnebago? It's a Winnebago. You called it a Winnebago. Oh, you mean because of all of the luggage and storage? Yeah. Because of all of the everything. Yeah. It's because of the everything. I, I'm a firm believer that the freedom of riding is why I got into it. The freedom of not being able to have a person notice my single seat of my bike. Right. And number two, no luggage. So minimal luggage, minimal people and you're in your perfect freedom ride wow so so when you ride do you camp at all so i see there's no luggage like you said no camping no camping so how do how do you do it we would just do hotels we just had the fashionista on and she has her blow dryer her heels her 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 outfits that she has to wear while she's out she has a bottle of wine (laughs) you know so what you know it's so not happening <laughs> i did one trip with one chick tall gorgeous blonde and it will be my last uh we couldn't stop for gas and there'd be at least three guys up chatting and i just didn't get it uh, it was obviously a blonde thing i'm a sure brunette but um <laughs> yeah i don't understand the luggage in fact did i mention that i was carrying half of her luggage we were driving to manhattan on my sturgis oh What is that luggage? There's no luggage. The whole point of freedom of riding a bike is the freedom of no luggage. You hear that, Rich? Or stuffing it in your buddy's bike. (laughs) Or stuffing it in your buddy's bike. That's bad. Awesome. Awesome. So, all right. So We travel light. You've got everything. You learn how to pack one pair, extra pair of pants, uh, two pairs of socks, three panties, one flip-flops, one dress. Kleenex. All right. Scarves. So tell me, why why do you ride? The freedom and the quiet. The quiet. It's. Uh, I find it fascinating that at any given moment, you're somewhere different. It just, I've sat on the back for just days on our long trips, and it just, every minute is just a new minute. You're just, you're just going. 10 minutes ago, I was in that town and 10 minutes from now, I'm in another town with Mm. just a different vibe and a different smell. And um, it's free because like I said, it's no people, no luggage and um, quiet. I wear earplugs. We wear earplugs uh, for our ears. It's not for the noise. People think it's for the noise Uh because we're on Harleys and it's the wind, I explain, because Mm. your ears get very sore from just the wind force. And I find, don't you find with your helmet and your earplugs and the roar that it becomes quiet? Did I mention it was, you know, the last thing my mother ever wanted me to do? <laughs> so, so you're a rebel. As a nice Greek girl, yeah, that would uh, nice. be my first ride thinking that. Nice, nice. So what's, what's the best part of riding for you? The wind. The wind? The wind. The different wind. Again, people think it's the feeling. People think it's the sound. It's the wind different winds the 
the soft, you know, damp morning wind, the heavy, hot, humid wind. What about the wind when you can smell the rain and you mm. just know you can smell it? It's a quarter ball away and you're just going to ride into that storm no matter how you can, can't get out of it. I'm glad you mentioned the smell because I try to ex- explain that to people too. Like you're out in the open and you're just taking in the whole environment so you can... You can almost tell where you are just by the sense in the air. And, you know, if you're riding around in a car, you don't get that. So don't get that same right. same vibe. Absolutely. But yeah, I figured I was going to guess the, the, either the openness or the wind because like my bike, no windshield. So it's the way it should be. I just be, put Rico. one on just this year. I, I have to admit, I finally caved and it was, um, you know, after 30 years, I think I did really well. Um, but I finally caved because I just, you'd, you'd see me so often with my bandanas over my nose and um, pulled over my face. And what it was, it was the large highways mm. and the grit that came up and would hit me in the face. And then once in a while, I would take my hand off my clutch and cover my face because of the stones and Wyman would be freaking, you know, stop taking your hand off. <laughs> and then I'd pull up my bandana and then finally I said, you know what? I think it's time for a windshield. <laughs> I guess the dirt, right? The, the fly, right? Right, right. So, with the how how long have you been riding, Dave? About three five years. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay. How how many how many miles do you? What's your longest mileage to date that you've been on your bike, from it, beginning to end? It would on just on my bike. It would probably be Toronto, New Orleans, and back, and what? and probably Toronto, South Dakota, Sturgis, and back. On Beatrice, I specifically rode Beatrice there um, just to do Main Street. And I did it with another girlfriend. Wyman actually built her bike as well, which was a 1939 Indian up against my 1939 Harley. And we both did (laughs) Main Street Sturgis together, blowing kisses and people freaking. We stopped to get gas. And I was telling Rico we got picked up by Rider Magazine, and they did a six-page spread on us. And um, it was unheard of. Like, even in Sturgis with a half million bikes, to see two women on two vintage bikes was it was a rare sight. It was nice. It was really good. What year was that? Was that just recently? Nineteen. Well, no, two thousand and six. Two thousand six. Wow. Two thousand and six. Okay. Cool. Searching. So yeah. And rode all, <laughs> <You> said searching. <laughs> rode all the way out. No, it was a good ride. It's good. Um, you know, people take a lot of pictures. Right. Wyman was on a vintage bike too. I think his almost pretty well even outdid mine. Wow. But um, a lot of he, pictures. What was he riding then? Oh, a 1936 Indian rat. If we had a dollar for every one picture of his bike we would have paid for the trip <laughs> the fact that he outdid my bike on his bike yeah i was i was a bit annoyed that's an indian what it was an indian and it's a rat and, <laughs> yeah. yeah i know it was it was something uh great trip though and when we take two vintage bikes like that then our speeds are you know the same right right so <laughs> beautiful riding i, I gotta <laughs> ask you know since it's a vintage bike and all and you're doing long distance on a vintage bike do you take any tools with you? Oh, plenty. <laughs> For Oil. Sure. For sure. Oil. Uh, we've had to put, uh, we've had to strap on mini gas tanks. Uh, it was the Oregon desert. Uh, trying to cross Oregon 
was where we got caught. Um, um, once I ran out of gas and just then a gas truck pulled up and filled us up. Yeah, that was, wow. that was insane. What are the odds of being on a, you know, turn off on a highway turn off and a gas truck pulls up behind you and just fills you up. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy. So I got to ask, what, what was the, the, the feeling like, oh crap, I just ran out of gas and we're in the middle of nowhere. Being a woman, no less. No, I don't travel alone. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. I know there's always a guy there and you fix it and people are friendly and they stop and you know, we're very careful with our gas tanks, that's for sure. The motors get hot. There is no suspension, so you are bouncing. Like I said earlier, you do not chew gum. Mm. So yeah. do you have a bad back from all that? No. Rigid riding? Nope. You're good. You're no? good. By the third day, it's a good workout and you're into it and people can't believe you're doing it with no um, windshield and with no suspension, but it's great. You so, rise hard and you do, Rich. I'm sorry, what? What were you saying? You feel the bike. <laughs> the thing is about, what do they call them, coach? What do they call Come on, guys. The Winnebago? The Winnebago. <laughs> it's called... The man couch? <laughs> couch or the couch or something yeah, yeah. why well, will know but you do you turn on the radio you kind of fall asleep you know this yeah. does not happen on my bike that's true that's true all right so give me give me uh some difference some differences between like a harley and all the other bikes what about my tips you want some tips well i was thinking uh, you know if anyone's out there looking to to get a vintage bike or looking to ride a vintage bike you know, any distance at all, what, what are some tips that you could give to, to make that trip more enjoyable? Being prepared, um, mechanically inclined, you know, I mean, I do travel with my mechanic who happens to be my husband who happened to build my bike. So I'm really lucky with that. Um, you know, we've had to tow bikes home for sure. We've blown gaskets and blown heads and sometimes we can fix it. Sometimes we can't. Mm -hmm. We bought a truck in Nebraska to bring home the Indian. Oh. Yeah, because the head's blue and you couldn't fix it. And it was the rat bike. Yeah. So we were going to, um, oh, U-Haul, I think was three and a half thousand. And there was a nice red truck there. I said, well, how much is the truck? What? And he said, 2,500. I said, well, we'll buy the truck. We'll take the truck. <laughs> nice. So we had to buy the truck in Nebraska to get the bikes home because there are things that just can't be fixed. Hmm. But it, that's only happened, you know. We've been doing this for years. It doesn't happen often. So to ride vintage, have a good mechanic. Patience. Have a good back. Have some patience. Have a good back. And be prepared, honestly, to be looked at. Oh, You're okay. going to be noticed. So when people say, what's the difference? Why aren't you driving You know, your Yamaha Virago? And the difference is, is there's no other bike like mine in the world. You know, with those particular handlebars and that particular color and everything's just so custom and vintage. And that makes it very special. Nice. You know, you can feel it. It's, you can feel every part of it. You kick it into gear and you can just feel everything compared to a new bike. What do we call the new bike? Sewing machines? Yeah, where it's, everything's just isolated and soft and you, know, right. you don't feel much. Exactly. So that's the great part. Very nice. That's why I love riding. That's why I love riding vintage. It's special. It's unique. It's authentic. And I'll never forget the first time that I actually got on that 39 flathead and just sort of 
kicked it into the gear and it was just like, you could just, you could hear it turning its gear. I can see Rich put a smile on his face right there because he knows that clunk on the Harley. No. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's how you know that's your bike. I mean, just listening, just listening to her talk about that particular motorcycle, there's no doubt in my mind that is her bike. I mean, you can tell it, it comes through even over Skype. Oh, it's, it's great. It's great. And I really do hope you guys make it up and visit and we can go for a ride. And I cook too. Oh, <laughs> Sold. Sold. Did I mention? <laughs> done. So I get done. to go to Canada and you cook? It's over. They could have stopped with Canada. Rico, we ate. We had lots of dinner. Oh, it was amazing. We cooked. We did. It was amazing. Good times. Let's see. What's the most important thing to have on the road when you ride? Scarves. <laughs> Scarves. Lobs. <laughs> and Kleenex. Scarves, girls always forget. The scarf will keep you warm, save your face, save you from freezing, going from Flagstaff to the Grand Canyon. I don't think people people realize that it's going to drop, oh, I don't know, maybe 40 degrees. I remember passing out three of my scarves because I had so many extras. And I also remember going across the Oregon desert and I finally figured out to take my scarf, bandana, and go into the bathroom and soak it with cold water, as I did my top too. But I'm just talking about the scarf right now. And what you do, you then put it over your face, the soaking wet cold scarf. And what you've done is you've created now an air conditioner. Nice. Because you will burn your lungs. You will burn your nose when you're going through, I mean, or what's the other one? The desert, you guys, California? Death like Valley. Death Valley, yeah. <gasps> And when you're on a motorcycle, the wind chill, the wind chill becomes the heat chill. So it's literally like you're standing in front of a blow dryer. So <laughs> you're doing, you know, 60 miles an hour and you've got that kind of heat. And I didn't understand it, but my scarves have saved me. And it was when I s- set up the air conditioner, put the wet scarf on your face and you'll see you can breathe and it's, it's amazing. Um, gloves, again, the cold. And um, Kleenex, because you just never know where you're going to end up, boys. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, cool. The bike and everything. Uh, she's, she said blow dryer, and, and I don't even know what a blow dryer is. Do you, John? Seriously. How about you, Rich? No idea. No idea. <laughs> um, it's grounds for divorce. <laughs> you, you need to know when you speak with women. It would truly be grounds for divorce if I ever attempted to bring Blow dryer. <laughs> Is that before or after the helmet? <laughs> I knew a lady that would get off a ride in front of a hundred people. She would disappear for an hour. She would go and wash her hair. And finally, I'm going like, you know, none of us have washed hair. Right. We have slicked back biker hair. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, why do you do that? And it was no. It's grounds for divorce. Nice, nice. Can't believe she actually said it. <laughs> cool. So, you've done a, a lot of riding in the U.S. What's the best state you've ever rode in? What What road was it? It would have to be Utah. We came out of Colorado, and some great rides there. We've done Pikes Peak, and then we did another one coming into Aspen. I think it's Confederation something. I sorry, I can't recall that name. But I know it started really warm, and I know there was snow when we got to the top, and we weren't quite expecting it. And from there, it takes you right into Aspen. It was pretty 
amazing. Pike's Peak was amazing, but you get very dizzy if you didn't understand 15,000 feet and what that feels like. Plus, your bike has a mm-hmm. good chance of not having brakes on the way down. But Utah, I felt, encompassed everything. Like Arizona, it had the Colorado trees. It had the Arizona stone. It had the, you know, Wyoming kind of wasteland. And I would have to say, um, was it Zion Park? Zion. The rock formation, the black rock of Zion. Okay. Very close to the four corners. And we've done pretty well most of the United States. And Utah, for me, had it all. Nice. The Red Rock, the Bryce Canyon. But Zion really, really stands out. Louisiana was interesting. Have you done it? No, but I'm, I was going to say, I've always wanted to go to Utah more for uh, adventure riding, you know, on-road, off-road kind of stuff. But I never really thought about it just in terms of road riding. So that's cool. <gasps> it's amazing. You just, you know, cross through Colorado. It's amazing. It's, it was so beautiful. Arizona is dry and fabulous. Um, we did a nice canyon, not, uh, can't remember the name of it. Grand Canyon, Salt River Canyon. Mm. That was amazing. Wow. What was that like? Cause it was like you were a cowboy 150 years ago, <laughs> except you were on a bike and not a horse. Nice. And that's how it felt. Salt River Canyon coming out of, um, on the back. Were you on the flathead at that point, the 39? No, I was, no, I was on the back. I, I did a lot of riding sitting on the back. Um, that's fabulous, too. Uh, you'll find a lot of women riders won't. Mm-hmm. They figure they have a bike. I have two. Why should I ride on the back of his? But I think people really need to understand that when you're riding on the back, you get to check out houses and gardens and beautiful views. When you're riding on your bike, you get to stare at the back end of a car <laughs> from morning to night. And as good as it feels to ride, you really get, I get really tired of just looking at cars. Yeah. Because that's what you're watching, yes? Yeah. So that brings up my, my next question. Uh, passenger versus rider. Which do you prefer and why? I prefer passenger for the view. And the daydreaming, and it's just easy and nice. And I do most of the nav- navigating, which, by the way, I call navigating. Um, we coined that about twenty-five years. <laughs> Sounds ago. about right. No matter how you slice it. <laughs> oh, that, that was funny. <laughs> some woman is going to be doing it, so we just coined it as navigating mm-hmm. because because that's what he's thinking. <laughs> But I really do take my nagavating. He actually bought me a set of wings. They're on my jacket. <laughs> um, I take it really seriously as to where we're going to go because we don't. Uh, we refuse to backtrack. Mm. So when I'm a passenger and I do that and I watch that and I love it, I do. It's um, the intimacy is what I was saying. Uh, the intimacy with your person. And what I love about it is uh, it's not talking. It's like you're together all day. Mm. really close and sweet. Um, You're experiencing the exact same thing together at the exact same time. And uh, there's no chit-chat and nonsense and fighting over music. And then you stop every three or four hours for a drink, and it's like, hey. (laughs) And then you get together at dinner, and you're like, hey. And it's great. It's so nice. It's like being separate but together. Can you hold that thought 
I'm going to bring my wife downstairs. Can you explain that to her? <laughs> <laughs> so you would say that. I would say that. Um, writing. Uh, a couple that rides together is a marriage that stays together. Yes. There's the tagline. That's what I need. Yeah. It really is true because it, it is, it's the best and only time that you guys are totally together, but completely separate. You know? Yes. Yeah, and it's point. a good thing for a marriage. You know, I'm a firm believer sometimes the best way to stay together is to keep apart. And that is what I found with motorcycles. I met my husband on a bike, on his bike. That is exactly how we met. It's so cliche. He took me for the ride of my life. We got together two weeks later and we've been together ever since. And we have ridden thousands and thousands of miles together quietly and peacefully. And it's just so beautiful. You're so close, but you don't have to get into the chat and the nonsense and maybe the bickering. Does that dynamic feel the same when you're both, when you're on separate bikes? Do you have that same feeling? No, not at all. No. As soon as I'm on another bike and I'm beside you, I am now your peer. Mm. Okay. I'm not It's not a single unit. Now you're, now you're riding as two separate people. Yes. Not as one, not as a couple. He has to watch you now. He has to be more careful. He is going to be more worried, Mm -hmm. you know, now that I'm beside him or behind him. And you're no longer together. You really are like, I'm, how can, I'm not going to say this and get in trouble, but you're like, you're like two boys part of the pack. Like I become one of the boys really fast. And, um, you know, that has its kind of nice thing too, but it lacks the intimacy because you're not sitting together behind him. And you just basically get to cuddle all day. It's, uh, it's, it's great. And uh, it's definitely the one thing I would like to do forever, for sure. Very nice. And there's, I do know a lot of women yeah, that don't is. do it, and I think they're really missing something. Yeah, I've, I've struggled with that my entire marriage. You know, my wife doesn't ride. She has no interest in the bikes, but I think I need to be a little more forceful. Be like, look, get on uh, the bike. No. <laughs> I think if maybe you had a bit more of a seat for her, <laughs> you know, that bike that I got on, and you know, I mean, even Rich's, uh, Rico's looking at this picture of this Indian. And this, it's so rat and it's so raw, but there really is a seat for me and there really is a backrest. So I do think that if you make an effort for her comfort, that I think that's a big part too. Expecting somebody to get on, you know, a half inch bitch pad with no, um, you know, no back support at all mm-hmm. and possibly the foot pegs up ridiculously high it's not going to happen. So I think that, you know, if you're the rider to make the effort. And uh, I also think um, that a good wife, she should, uh, I don't know. Climb aboard. Leave her husband alone too much. That's right. <laughs> yes. I, I think, because I do think marriage is compromise number one. And you need to do what your partner wants to do. And riding is a pretty integral part. So if you're spouse is going to be riding you know 70 percent of the summer and you're not riding with them that means he's alone mm-hmm. good point and but please tell me i don't have to get a winnebago like there's got to be something no in winnebago. the middle just a seat just, <laughs> just I mean, a better seat <laughs> a bit more of a seat and a bit of a backrest goes a long way so i can keep really, the really, really, keep the bad boy bike just get a good seat on it yeah if you could just get a bit more of a seat, the bike's gorgeous and just a bit, I'm not allowed to say cute. So the bike's cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but the effort of her comfort, I think, is what um, some men should take a bit of notice of for. Got it. I have seen that over the years. And, and I know that my husband did make an effort. And I know on long trips, too, I do throw a sheepskin over it, by the way. The sheepskin for a long haul trip is the difference between day and night. A hard leather seat after eight hours a day. I have, I have bruised my back. Like once we had to stop for a couple of days, one little thing was just, you know, rubbing on my lower back. So when you're doing those kind of long hauls, um, even for you guys, even if you guys put on, have you guys ever put a lambskin on not. your seat? No. I well, cannot recommend it enough. Lambskin. Or a sheepskin. <laughs> I was like, Lance, what? I don't know, but I'm just not touching it. It's just too hot. Oh, God. I didn't turn on a fan. I need to pour some wine. Sheepskin. 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 <laughs> you guys, on an eight-hour eight ride. <laughs> oh, too funny. Next question. Oh, yeah. Next topic. <laughs> awesome. 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 Uh, all, right. all right. Rich, any other questions, my friend? <laughs> well, I think you covered the uh, how riding affects your life and marriage part. So I think that's a good twist. I, I don't think we've, we've heard that perspective. It's good. Yeah, that's great. It's sexy. It's quiet. It's no kids. It's no people. It's just you two. It just doesn't get better. And it's, I'm sorry, but because you're not talking, it is just beautifully fabulous, quiet scenery. Just you and her seeing the same thing, smelling it, feeling it, same wind. Yeah. And I just don't think it gets better. So aside from proper accommodations, whether it be a seat or what have you, you know, what other... What other things can you do to warm up your spouse if they're not interested? Yeah, asking for a friend, of course. <laughs> um, ask her what it would take. Ask her why she won't. You know, just ask her questions. What would it take? What could I do? Why don't you? What is it that you don't want? It's uh, it's pretty fundamental. Again, it really yeah. does get down to compromise, and I think you've. You know, we're talking about motorcycling here, but if we're talking marriage, you know, marriage is still compromise. Indeed. And we ride, you know, could you just imagine, could you just imagine me meeting somebody and they said, I can't ride. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, non, it's a non-starter. You, yeah. It's like, I don't ride. You're like, okay, well, moving on then. How about if you said to her, if you go for a ride, a short ride, I will blank. What could I do for you that you would really love? You know, maybe she wants to go antiquing or I don't know, yard sailing, things that we love to do that our boys hate. What <laughs> could I do with you that you would really like so that you would do this with me? Got it. Is there anything I can do on my bike to make you more comfortable? Um, I've been riding for 20 years. I've never had an accident, darling. Is, are you worried about my driving? Right? You haven't had an accident, right? No, not, not on the bike. Okay. So again, just ask. And I'm, I'm not going to get into that conversation anymore. <laughs> All right. It's really, really, 
it's really important to stay married. So, yep. it's, I just cannot, ones. especially with little ones. And uh, we got married to have children and we met on a bike and we've been riding ever since and our children ride. Nice. And um, I really do honestly believe that a huge, huge part of our marriage lasting for 30 years really quite, quite well too is um, the fact that we ride together. It's so cozy. It's just so sweet and sexy and free and away from work and children and house and talking. And I think you can only do it on a bike. I see John thinking of throw over there too. <laughs> John, what, what do you got to say about that? Now, John has started his own little video blog, and I think you commented about that, didn't you? About what? Riding? About riding and the tranquility about it all. Yeah, I mean, with Rich and always talking about getting out and riding and the freedom, free, freedom that you have, um, I, I feel that now. You know, I see what you guys have talked about in the past and experience it. So, yes, it makes a big difference. And kind of, I got a different philosophy with riding with the wife. The wife got in the back and said, nope, I'm not riding. I'm all good. Go have fun. So, did you both start older? Do I? Were you both older when you started is what I have to ask. Uh, I just started here like in the last year. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John's less than a year. I've I've been riding since about 99, 2000. Okay. Yeah. And you're quite young and your wife's younger. I mean, you know, I don't know if I'd really want to climb on a bike at 50 if I had never done it before. It's a weird situ question. Yeah. I could I can understand that. Yeah. I mean, with her, she might, she doesn't want to be a passenger. I think she'd want to, she might drive, but yet her comment is a daydream. I'd want to pay attention. (laughs) She doesn't need to be doing so. She just stays off and lets me go off and get on vent and do whatever I want to do. So, which is good too. Yeah. And it's all happy. So we're all happy. You know, talking about the marriage. Yeah. We have a happy marriage. So we're all good. Which is good. There's a, there's a different philosophy on that one for me. People are at different stages. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. So look, because my kids are fairly young, you know, once they're older, that may be a different story. That she, so she's just, you know, a lot of people are just scared to be on a bike. Yeah, I don't know if it's a fear. Yeah, I think it is. She hasn't really said it, but I think she just a little bit of a fear, but has yeah, has no desire to be on the bike. But I mean, she doesn't prevent she doesn't prevent me from riding. But it's just like you said, it's a lot of time by yourself. <laughs> if you're going to do any, you know, like we do long trips and stuff, she's just not around. So that's not good, right? No. All right, let's ask this question. Oh yeah, we got to get her on the seven plus one. Yes, yes, yes. Right, right. All right. If you were able to get seven bikes, or is it seven bikes plus a car, well, seven. So you're building your ultimate garage here. Right. So it's seven automobiles. We'd like to see that pretty bike heavy, but seven automobiles plus one for a project. That's going to be your your wrench bike, if you will. So what would be stacked in your garage? Is this only bikes or is this all vehicles? It can be all. We're, we would, Like I said, we're trying to make it bike heavy, but you can do cars and trucks and things like that for sure. Okay. So it would be my 1939 flathead. And my 1980 Sturgis and my 48 Shove black truck 
and my 1953 Willys Jeep and my 1985 pickup, Chev pickup. And I would like to work on a Mustang. Which and year? if I had um, Do you have preference? a Mustang, um, would it, it, like a 62, 63 Mustang, like mm. a cool little Mustang. <laughs> I would v- love vintage. that. Vintage, of course. Everything's vintage. Um, <laughs> and if I got another bike, honestly, no, I just can't think of another bike. The 48 was a Chevy as well? 48 Chevy pickup truck, yep. Yep. 1948 block. So that would that would be what my garage looked like. Actually, there is a bike at home that I would take, but we have to ask Wyman what it is. I call it the spider bike. It's quite a snappy. It's almost like it's a custom sportster dirt bike. I'm looking. I'm looking. Yeah, I can't explain it. And I do have a picture, but we'll have to ask Wyman. Is it the 77 with the solid front wheel? It's a dark red? No, it's a black bike, and we call it the spider bike. We'll have to ask Wyman. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> okay. I, you're saving it for one of the children, but yeah, I wouldn't mind maybe getting my hands on that. Very nice. John, and is that's that a, about it. The thing, um, yeah. Is, it, is that seven, John? Was that seven? That's six. All right. So you need one more and a project. Again, I would take a sports car then. Fine. A 62 MGB. <laughs> nice. The problem is I'm too small for the bikes. So at five foot three, there's just so few Harleys that I can ride. You can't put me on new bikes. Let me ask a question about modern bikes then. Is there anything out there that, that you look at? That you could, you know, you, that you could buy off the showroom floor. That you say, yeah, that's a cool looking bike. Or, or, or are, God, I can't spit it out. <laughs> or are all the new bikes just sort of not your thing? I'm just curious if there's anything out there that you like. Bobber, the street bob, street, the street bobber. What is it? The there's a street bob. There's a street bob, and what was the other street? I do like that for a new bike. The street bob, okay. For a new bike, I would like that. And other than that, I, I admire them. I think they're all great. We have a Road King, very comfy. But again, I couldn't ride it. So I can't say it's for me because I just can't ride such a big bike. And I do see women that do ride bikes that are too big for them. And it's very, very dangerous. And I worry about them, but I also really worry about the people that they're riding with. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen a lot of things. And I really felt that a lot of accidents happened because uh, there was too much of a bike, you know, be it physical or be it motor gotcha. for, for the rider. And I have to, you know, unless you're a really big lady, tall. Oh, that's a nice way to put it. Bigger Strong. person, stronger, bigger, taller, that there's only so much you can handle if you can't get your feet on the ground. Yeah. And I've consulted with a lot of women buying a lot of bikes, and it's just kind of like you just have to have your feet flat-footed on the ground. You will not make that turn. You will not be able to react in three seconds to save your life if that ever comes up. Nice. Because there'll be just too much bike for you. So that's where I'm limited. But that's what my garage looks like. we got to ask one more on the new bikes. What do you think of the new Indians, like modern Indians? They're beautiful, and it was really nice that they brought them back. And um, 
we do a lot of old Indians and we were working a little bit when they were doing the new Indians as well. And we watched them come out and they're very streamlined, beautiful, run well. And I really like the lines of it for sure. Okay. And it was nice that we came back too. Yeah. It's nice to have the competition. I mean, Harley can't have it all to themselves. <laughs> I mean, they can, but yeah, it was really, really nice. It really was. It was, it was a weird story historically how those two started out and then how it, you know, one kept going and one didn't, and it was interesting. It was really nice to see when Indium came back. We really did appreciate that. Awesome. Very beautiful. Well, John, you've been kind of quiet. Anything from your end you're curious about? Questions? Thoughts? Well, we could th- throw this into another one. What's your opinion of electric bikes? Oh, geez. I, I can guess, but... I can't. I just can't even... I can't comment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just can't. Well, I'm trying to go someplace with it, but I think we're going to. Look, go. you're getting the same wind, and you agreed you're getting the same freedom, and I have to respect it all that we're all riders yeah. and we're all out for the same thing. And I just want everybody to be, you know, really defensive and safe. And even though people think that they belong on the road, that they just need to be remembering that those cars are much bigger than us. You know, those cars have metal surrounding them, whereas we just have our bare legs and bodies and that we just have to you know keep away from the cars so we practice very extreme defensive driving we always assume that the cars can't see us so whatever anybody's riding you know we have to respect that we're all loving the same vibe well said amen sister amen (laughs) amen we'll drink to that we will drink to that all right so then Rico anything else before we talk about events and Shut it down? No, I'm, I'm done, brother. I think we've covered uh, quite a bit. So thank you, Dave. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And like I said, I just hope to see you guys making it up to Canada and come for a little visit, a little ride, and just see what the other half of North America looks like. Yeah, I'm coming. E- easy trip. Your- He's, coming. He's already tasted my food. Exactly. So I'll be there. to taste the summer food. <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> well, we want to see all the vintage iron, iron too. So that's good stuff. It's nice. It was my pleasure. Very nice to meet you all. Thank you. Johnny John, do we have any events that we care about? We, we do. We have a lot of events that we care about. And, and what might those be? Well, you and I are hitting April 1st, the, the flat track at Charlotte racing. American flat track race. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We will see the all new Indian, whatever they call it, something 750 that you can buy now for like 50 grand if you've got the money. <laughs> And then uh, the following weekend, I'm heading off to the mountains with the Motor V loggers. We're going to go out there and have party time with those boys. Nice. And then, and then the only other one we got lined up is we're going to Barber. Very nice. In the fall. I have to carry his gear because he's got to camp this time. Got to camp. Uh-oh. And I have very limited luggage. But I will get a better seat. So There you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Good conversation tonight. Learned yes. learned a bunch. Really enjoyed it. And before we sign off, I'd like to take a moment to thank the riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. That would be our first five riders, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Barbershop rider, Chuck. We also have riders group, Steve, Mike, Micah, and Jim. And the insider, Kenny, who now has the title for his bike. I'm pleased to announce. <laughs> loudpipes.net slash donate is where you should go right now if you're interested in all the perks that we have 
to offer to our supporters. And also loudpipes.net slash store is where you can go to get show merchandise, uh, koozies, keychains, t-shirts, things like that. And also give John something to do so he doesn't have idle hands. Additional information for this episode, including links and all those beautiful images of the bikes we talked about earlier, can be found on our website, loudpipes.net slash 78. And we also have links there to leave us some feedback, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media. Mr. Hogan? Yeah, man. Oh, wait, hold on. Shabila. There we go. There it is. Johnny John? They're all... If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. For as little as $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Loud Pipes after show, The Downshift, as well as other content and sneak peeks available only to our supporters. Loudpipes.net slash donate.